Hello there. Let's meet average American boy, Little Billy. Hey there, Little Billy. How's it going? I'm your dad, Little. My dad says that I'm a grower, not a chore. <laughs> I'm not talking about that, Billy. I'm talking about the fact that you're a kid. I'm about 15. That's a child. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <clears throat> Billy, what seems to be the problem here? Well, you know, I just don't seem to know how to get along with adults. Especially since you say I'm not one. Well, you're not, Billy. You're not. That's true, I guess. I am still in high school. You are, Billy. You are. But, Billy, let's imagine for a moment that you were an adult. What do you think that experience would be like? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I could stay up late and do whatever I want, whatever I want. <laughs> oh, Billy, that's not what being an adult's like. Let's find out. Okay, Swain, disembodied voice. All right, here we go. Ah, what is this? Well, Billy, now you're, now you're on a construction line. What? You're about to, you're about to help manufacture a number of different objects. It will be then be sold in stores. Pay attention to the conveyor belt. But, oh, okay. Now put those items together. I don't, I, okay, I'm, I'm putting them together. Oh my God. They're coming so fast. I think I'm falling behind a little bit here. Keep on going, Billy. Everyone knows that factory work is the best way to be in a strong American member of the working middle class. Okay, how much do I get paid now to do this? You get paid like, I don't know, $7 an hour. Oh man, that's a lot of money in this time period. You're right, Billy. But this brings us to another important part about being an adult. Oh yeah, what's that? Ah, okay, where am I now? Well, Billy, now you're, now you're doing your taxes. My taxes? These are a bunch of numbers. Yeah, that it is, Billy. You've got to fill out those numbers to make sure that Uncle Sam knows you're not stealing any money. But Uncle Sam takes my taxes out of my paycheck before, before this. You know I'm not stealing any money. <laughs> you're right. It is weird that we have the most scrutiny on the employees who have the least ability to steal from the government. But that's the way it works. That doesn't seem fair. Just fill out your taxes, Billy. But this, this is mind-numbing work. Shouldn't I just be able to sign somewhere saying I paid this? You'd think so, Billy. You'd think so. But let's get to some of the other important parts about being an adult. Because after all, all adults get married. Wait, what? Oh, where am I? Oh, oh, uh, you're about to get married, Billy, to this nice young woman here, Matilda. I've never met this one before. Well, you have. <laughs> well, I mean, you may not have any memory of meeting her, but that's just because I'm messing with time and space. What? Who are you talking to, Billy? Wait, I, she can't hear you? Of course not, Billy. <laughs> Only you can hear me. Well, wait, what? Billy, 
Aren't you going to say I do? I, 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 I. Come on, Billy. It's what adults are supposed to do. Get married, have children, create a nuclear family. And these, the nice, unique time period of the 1950s. Get married, Billy. I, I. Get married, Billy. Okay, okay, okay. I, I do. Oh, yay. You may now kiss the bride. Now remember, Billy, don't use any tongue. That's for the honeymoon. Oh, I've never kissed a girl. You have. You just don't remember it because of the time and space thing. Wait, what? God damn. All right. Let's cut forward to your future. Wait, uh, let's, could we not do? Where am I? Well, Billy, you're in a retirement home waiting for your children to visit you. Welcome to the show. Today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of Ruben Uncut. I'm your host, Ruben. I am not standing in for myself. All right, today we're going to do something fun and also weird. Here's a little known historical fact you may not have been aware of. It's really funny to hear that baby boomers are constantly complaining about how indoctrinated us youngins are, although I'm nearly 40, and uh, complaining about all the weird stuff in the media trying to influence us. And I say that's weird. Uh, because historically, uh, baby boomers may have been one of the most propagandized ad generations in the history of the world. The amount of propaganda thrown at baby boomers as they made their way through school and high school is honestly ridiculous. And who knows, maybe we'll make a series of this. A series of what, you may ask? Well, a series... A series of uh, me watching propaganda videos and telling you about them. All right. Are you ready? Do you want to have fun? We're going to have fun. Okay. Let's da, 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 share computer sound. All right. This first one is titled Social Courtesy. It is from 1951. Why does Martha have to have a party? Hard times party of that. See ya. See ya, young man. He's in a room. He's, I honestly have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, but he's looking in a mirror right now. He appears to be wearing a short-sleeved button-up shirt. He has some type of scarf in his hands. Maybe a towel. What makes you think I'd like to bring Carol? Oh, Carol's all right. I don't have any fun at parties. 
Kids just aren't friendly. Oh, Bill. I, I'm going to tell you right now. I feel this kid's pain, man. I feel this kid's pain. That might be your fault. Oh, we've got a narrator in here. And he's, he's about to shit-talk this kid. I doubt it. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Social what? Social courtesy, Bill. Oh, that's old-fashioned. What's old-fashioned about having fun at parties? What's having fun at parties got to do with social courtesy? If you give me a chance, I'll show you. All right, he's laying down on a bed in his room now. Uh, he's not the least bit concerned that uh, he started hearing voices. You'd think that these uh, propagandas would uh, cover stuff like that, you know? Like, uh, if you start hearing voices, be concerned. Be concerned. Go ahead. All right. First, let's get you to Carol's house to call for her. Okay, now he's talking him into going out with Carol, apparently. Oh, he just teleported him right to Carol's door. I wonder if the kid will notice. What? He did. Well, okay. He looks very confused by the fact that he was just teleported here, which uh, is an interesting detail, because it definitely makes it feel like there's something Twilight Sony here afoot. Now go ahead and ring the doorbell. I'll stick around and help you out. Wow. Hey, look, what's so special about this? I don't have to be courteous just to call for my date, do I? Hi, Bill. I, I really think this video is literally explaining just that you need to be nice to people for them to want to do anything with you. Wow. Is this a thing people in the 50s didn't understand? What a costume. I'm nearly ready. Do you want to come in for a minute? Nearly, huh? I'll wait out here. Okay, so yeah, this kid's kind of a butthole. I see where they're going with this. Like, uh, I don't know why he's immediately disappointed that this person whose doorstep he just teleported to is not ready to go. Like, man, you, you didn't even take the time to drive here. Of course they're not ready. Don't take all night. Hold it. Oh, he a negative Nancy. Just badgering people, nagging him. Let's hear what the narrator... Uh, let's hear how the narrator calls him on this. Let's take a picture of this situation. Now look at that, Bill. Okay, it's a picture of him sitting on the front stoop, looking like a butthole. She's standing behind him in the doorway, her face covered in shadow. It's kind of dramatic looking. Here, Carol was trying to be friendly. And you said people aren't friendly. No, Bill. You discourage others when they want to be friendly. Well, I can't argue with this. This is actually sound social advice. You'd better back up and start all over again. Oh. Oh, yep. Narrator just rewound time. Who is this man? What is he doing? Why is it important to him that this kid learns to not be a jerk? By the way, the girl's address is 857, according to the door. That bitch just got doxxed. I don't think Carol's going to want to go out with you again unless you... Huh? Did I touch a sore spot, Bill? 
Well, maybe you'd better try to be more friendly this time. Hi, Bill. Oh, that's quite a costume. I'm nearly ready. He looks like shit, by the way. Like, like literally, he looks like... He looks like the he looks like the, he, he looks like he should be in the Outsiders right now, and he's about to have a knife fight. He's got on this short sleeve shirt. That, well, I don't it barely has sleeves, but it's button up weirdly. And he's got like a jacket under his arm, and his shirt is not tucked in. He look he looks a mess. Eddie, do you want to come in for a minute? Oh, thanks, Carol. Uh, but I guess I'll wait out here if you don't mind. Well, all right. I won't be long. Better. That's a better response. It's not at least he's not directly rude. Although this response does lack friendliness and uh, also makes you look a little uh, antisocial. Although, obviously, this kid's antisocial. Oh, he just gestured for the invisible narrator to come closer. And creepily, the camera moves closer towards him. How am I doing? Better. But you might have gone inside if she asked. Well, I wanted to check with you. Hey, say, wait a minute. Is this social courtesy, what I've been doing? It's part of social courtesy. Just simple friendliness. Shh. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I am. Uh, let me help. Thank you. Should we go? This will be a lot of fun tonight. Don't leave. All right, Bill. Well, that's important information. It's a hobo party. Like, it literally says hobo. Like, the, like I thought this guy was dressed weird, but no, he's, he's literally dressed up like a hobo. Like, at no point until this moment has there been any indication that he's going to a themed party. Also, why did it have to be... Like, this just seems like a confusing element to throw in there. A hobo... Everyone's dressed up... Like, uh... What? I mean, I... I mean, that shit college kids do, I guess. Although I don't... I feel like... I feel like kids nowadays might not necessarily go for the hobo costume party. They prefer more politically correct choices, like... Anything but clothes parties. Do they still do those? They had one of those when I was in college. I don't remember what I wore. Did I go to it? I feel like I went to it. No, I went to it. I have no idea what I wore. Well, you're at the party. Now, let's see you try some more social courtesy. I'll be right here to help you. Thanks. Sign on the wall that says "Bums Rest" and points downwards. Oh man, it's got those classic like patterned wallpaper, you know? Like, why don't we why don't we make houses like that anymore? You know, that kind of wallpaper is awesome for drugs. We're missing out. My great grandparents they they didn't know what they had. Takes one look at everyone chattering, and then he goes and sits down away from everyone. Classic move. That's probably what I would do. Hey, look, I finally got my move. What do you say, girl? But hello, Bill. How are you? Okay. Wait, who the hell is this old lady? An old lady just came in and started talking to him. Oh, this is like a... Oh, right, this is like what dormitories were like back then. I guess he's here to make sure no one uh, 
plays the submarine races. Hear what I'm saying, Richie? If you got that, if you got that reference, you're probably old. Yeah, I guess. Bill, aren't you going to learn? You're being very rude. I think Bill might be clinically depressed. Let's be real here. To Martha's mother. She thinks you're oh, very... Oh, it's the person who's having the party's mom. Yeah, you should be at least pretend to be nice to her. Be impolite. Look at you sprawled out in that chair. You're supposed to rise when an adult speaks to you. Everybody knows that. Damn, no wonder boomers are fucked up in the head. They thought parents were like royalty. Adults were like royalty. Also, technically, what's really interesting about that is that, like, like he's old enough to be in, like, this is made for college, or is it made by a college or high school? I don't know. The point is, it's in the 1950s, people being this age was fairly new. Like, in the early 20th century, you could basically, like, you could get a full-time job as a 14-year-old in the beginning of the 20th century, and you could probably get married, too. Like, our idea of teenagers as, as kids uh, is fairly... Well, it's, it's, it's not recent now, but, like, when this documentary was made, it was only, like, maybe a, de a few decades old as a concept. That. Now, let's back up and try it again and see if you can be polite. I don't know who this guy is who's narrating it, but, like, his control over time and space is it's frightening. Oh, come on, Bill, sit up. That's a chair, not a bed. He sits up. That's better. No problem. Watch it now, here she comes. Well, hello, Bill, how are you? Fine, thanks. Oh, he stood up, he stood up. Damn, he's taller than her. But he stood up to show respect. Back in my day, that's how you acknowledge that people had authority. I didn't expect to see you in costume. <laughs> that's pretty clever. Well, thank you. You did pretty well yourself. I did not notice that she was in costume. I just thought clothes back then were ugly. Well, thanks. You like it? I certainly do. There's Ellen. I want to see her. Have fun. Well, now, uh, wasn't that better? Isn't life better when you're not a jerk and you at least pretend to be polite to adults? Look at the effect of a little politeness. You've had a very pleasant talk with Martha's mother. Oh, she seemed friendlier than usual. That's because you were friendly and courteous. Th this is a fact about jerks. I just don't get it. If you just be friendly to people, they'll... They'll be nice to you. Does it make some of them fake? Well, yeah. But life's easier to get by if you're fake with fake people. Don't be, you don't need to be real with fake people. They started it. Yes. Now, look over to your left. Martha's introducing a stranger to the group. She'll be here soon. Suppose you had to make the introductions. How would you do it? Me? Oh, well, I'm not going to. That's Martha's job. So, like, so, like, here's the thing. Like, this is the dichotomy that 
conservatives and like like a lot of the things this kid's going through here are like things that are frequently connected to social anxiety um that being said the narrator's advice is sound but at the same time the documentary does not the film does not ex understand what social anxiety is and how it works this is all sound advice that some people with anxiety might be able to act on although it's not bad advice so far the standing up for adults thing who fucking cares but the rest of it good stuff i do i like the last thing i think about when i go into a room is i hope every every person younger than me in it stands up that's weird that's that's just who gives a fuck well we can fix that up pretty easily all it takes is a little switch and now you have to do the introducing okay so like this 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 being whatever he is has absurdly godlike powers he just altered reality so that now he has to introduce this new kid to Martha whose party this previously was Martha Hank and he and he he totally fumbles the ball introduces Hank like it's an inconvenience hold it Bill not so good let's go back to the beginning and let Martha show you how see this is the thing man this is the thing man maybe the problem is we don't have videos like this explaining to each other how not to be a dick maybe whenever we stop showing these videos to people was a mistake well at least this video maybe if we had videos like this people would be like less of a dick social engineering maybe it works bill i'd like to meet hank latner this is bill brent hi i'm glad to know you it does for japan well except they they can't socially engineer people to make babies i mean that wasn't really a pun do i get a rim shot for a thing that's not a pun ah oh, whatever let's keep going hank is the fellow who won the city math contest last week except for that he's normal city mascot contest see this is what your society looks like when you don't do drugs that's that's why drugs are important say you could help me with my algebra couldn't you well i could try well not now this is a party remember obviously these guys are nerds and they'd rather be doing algebra than talking to people at a party this this movie just doesn't understand us nerds I want you to meet my mother. All right. Goodbye, Bill. See you later, Bill. Yeah, sure thing, Hank. You see, a good introduction makes meeting people simpler and more pleasant. Sure, you're right. But there's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to Social courtesy is a minefield of frustration. A thing that is designed to make to upset and confuse those with ADHD, autism social anxiety doesn't mean this isn't good advice I'm just saying just saying to learn but it's worth it and learning is easy one way is by watching others whenever you had a party watch everybody as closely and as creepily as you can oh you can about time too how long does it take to take your coat off easy bill is it going to 
to help any of you complain? Okay, first of all, he's not wrong. She was in there a long time. That being said, we do have a guy who's clearly able to manipulate time, so maybe, maybe that's related. Also, now that being said, Bill does complain a lot. And as someone who complains, uh, see, the thing is, I'm, I'm a natural, I used to be a natural complainer. And the thing was, is that me complaining was just me processing things. But it did, that didn't mean it didn't have a negative effect on people around me. And it took me a long time to realize that. Uh, that being said, yes, I do like to complain. It makes me feel better about the life if I can just, you know, say that shit out loud. But you should, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't think about it, how you're using it in a social interaction. You need to make a podcast for that so you can complain whenever you want. And people can't take it personally because they chose to listen to this shit. No. All right. Be friendly, thoughtful, join in the fun. You'll get along. I'll see you at refreshment time. Huh? Hi, Bill. Oh, hi, Carol. Oh, come on, let's join the game. Okay, whoever shot this should be fired. This next, this part is just chaos. Like I'm, I can see it and I don't know what's happening. There's like the people coming back and forth and they're just talking and it looks like they're doing something, but I have no idea what it is. Like I don't know what that girl said. Oh, oh. kind of line dancing thing. Okay, I just want to point this out. Like, the main character got more than one turn in that interesting, like, little, not quite square dancing thing they did. Uh, they were like, people coming forward and, like, spin around in a circle and then you go back to your side. Uh, I don't know. Quaint, old timey stuff. God, thank God we made drugs to get rid of, to get rid of this kind of bullshit, am I right? Board games and drugs. We don't need any of this crap. I don't know what. People in the 50s were weird. Okay, so here's the thing. I think this guy's depressed. And, and I think this guy's depressed because, like, yeah, he gets into it for a minute, but he always returns to, like, this incredibly down phase. Bill? I didn't. How are you getting along? All right. How about some refreshments? Aren't you hungry? Good idea. Okay, that's the most unrealistic thing here right now. As we all know, the refreshments is the corner of the socially anxious. That's the goal. You go, you get the food, you're sitting somewhere, you're eating, you look like you're a you're part of the party now. Eve, and you're part of the party in a way where you don't have to talk to anybody. So, like, this kid should already have refreshments. Let's be real. Let's be real. That's, that's what a socially anxious person looks like at a party. They have a plate of food, maybe they got a drink. And maybe they're going back and forth to that table. You could get some for Carol, too. That is a good idea. Are you talking to yourself? Bum, bum, bum. They have now noticed that he's been breaking the fourth wall. I do, 
I feel like this is a video that doesn't know it's about mental illness. Oh, no, I was just thinking. I'll get you some food. Why, thank you, Bill. They are, she is so surprised to hear him do something considerate. That is worth noting. Okay, so just weird background detail. The wall has a sign on it that says, do not touch. Like, I, I don't know what that's in reference to. And no one has acknowledged it. I, I it's clearly just, it, I don't know. Oh, dear. Oh, I'm sorry, Joan. Oh, it was all my fault. I didn't watch where I was going. You didn't watch where you were going. You know, I'll get you some more. Oh, you don't have to, Bill. It's all right. Bill is now automatically being more conscientious. Ha! I don't think anything works that way, but you know what? Good for him. Here. You want some No. Okay. He touched Thank a lot you. of that food with his hand. It's all right. Just so everyone knows. Now you're getting the idea, Bill. Replacing that girl's food. And like a lot of those foods, he picked up right with his hands. The 50s are gross. Friendly. Be thoughtful. What do you think of social courtesy now? I guess it makes being with people a lot more enjoyable for me. And more enjoyable for them, too. You've made a good impression on people here. Listen. who used to be so rude. Why, yeah. Okay, so now he's apparently given the kids super hearing powers to hearing people across a crowded, noisy room. That was the girl who runs the party and her mom, by the way. You hear that? She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you know? And look at Carol. Why, he's actually nice now. I'm glad I came with him, really. One does have to wonder why you agreed to go out with him, Carol, and one vaguely wonders why he asked you. Ah, what am I saying? She seems cute. I hope these kids are in college. Otherwise, that's a weird comment. Well, I mean, people can be cute without it being wrong, I guess. Ugh, I regret this. I regret this. I regret this, uh... Oh my god, how am I forgetting the word for it? I... I regret this riffing. There's the word. Those few changes made a big difference, didn't they? Yes, social courtesy does make a difference. And it's easy to learn. You can learn by watching others. And you can even get a book on courtesy from the library. I might at that. The library, a resource that we still have, everyone. Go get your books on courtesy now. Sorry I took so long. I had an accident. Thank you. Bill, I'm having some of the kids over to my house next Saturday night. I'd like to have you come, too. Oh, I don't. Sure. Sure, I'd like to come. Good. Thanks for asking me. Okay, every time he wants to talk to the narrator, he, like, motions to the camera for him to draw close. It's very, I don't know, like, 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 literally, this, this, the, the narrator thing, like, what was wrong with people in the 50s that this was just an accepted, like, thing? 
Like, yeah, no, no, it's not weird if there's a, a voice he can hear that only he can hear and see and, like, constantly talks out loud to and, and whatnot. <laughs> he's not, he's not crazy. Social courtesy does pay, doesn't it? Thanks. And then he got laid. It ends with him throwing a cookie in his mouth and chewing it while grinning. His mouth, which means you can see him eating, by the way. <laughs> like, you'd think chewing with your mouth closed would be part of social courtesy. You'd think. Interesting. Switch and no, save 650. I don't give a shit about you. Alright, this next one. He is also a coronet film. This one, wor the title of this one vaguely worries me. It's from 1950. And, uh... And, uh, it's, uh... Called Control Your Emotions. I wonder if any of this is much... What the by Professor Psych. Oh, A.R. Lauer, Before men learned how to control fire and put it to work, it was man's greatest enemy. You know, we, we act all freaked out about social engineering nowadays, but like, literally, the 50s were full of it. Like, the 50s was a period of massive social engineering high taxes and social engineering it's weird that the people who want to go back to the 50s are afraid of these things because these are the things that made up the fucking 50s in much the same way your emotions can be your own greatest enemy by the way there's a forest fighter fire forest fires the image not a forest fighter that'd be weird you go in there and start punching the trees probably break your hand until you get, like, kung fu good enough to start punching through trees. Or under control, your emotions can make you healthier. And people uh, roasting marshmallows. And happier. And improve the lives of people around you. I think of fire in connection with emotions. Because when you become stirred up, when your emotions control your actions... Guy who looks like John Waters, talking to the camera. God, he, he's got glasses, though. Also, obviously, younger John Waters. It affects not only yourself, but the people around you. Psychologists find that control of emotions can be gained by understanding the stimulus response pattern. Okay, so this actually, so far, I, I was very nervous about this one because of the title. I thought this was going to be about people saying, like, hey, take your emotions and stuff them down inside. But maybe... Maybe there's actually going to be good psychological advice here. When you have certain experiences, you respond with various emotions. Stimulus response. Just as this sort of stimulus produces... He's, he's demonstrating that thing where, like, the doctor whacks you in below the knee and your knee pops up. He just did that, with, but with his hand. This sort of involuntary muscular response. He did it again, and by with his hand, I mean like he's chopping himself just below the kneecap with his hand. Well, that's a rather simplified suggestion of a complex mental process. 
But you get the idea. Cause, effect. Nature endows us at birth with three general patterns of emotional response. Rage is the response to the primary stimulus of thwarting, something interfering with our behavior. That's a really interesting definition of rage, actually. Like, interest, like something stopping you is what makes you angry. That's interesting. Our actions. Fear is the response to loud noises or loss of support. That's also an interesting definition. Uh, people can be, like, they specifically, they specifically, <laughs> loud noises. God. No wonder this, no wonder the generation that made these videos was afraid of rock and roll. It's too loud! Oh my god, I'm in a deep state of fear! Loss of support. I mean, that's definitely a thing that people are afraid of. I mean, I assume he means social support. Maybe he means financial. It's, it's hard to tell. Maybe it's a more general. Maybe he'll explain this. Let's, the loud noises thing, though. That's, that's hilarious. By the way, he's holding up bricks that have these things on them. On one side is the emotion, and the other is the thing that triggers it. Um, yeah. And the emotional response to love is usually the result of a show of affection. Or Interesting. I mean, that's certainly one love language. Favors. I don't know if he caught that part, but he said, but like, when I came back, it was or favors. Love is a response to a signs of affection or favors. Interesting. And these seem to be the emotions with which we start life. Then as we grow up, many everyday things and social situations become associated with these primary stimuli, partly by a process called conditioning. Okay, I'm just, I, I, okay. just going to say, like, this might be bad psychology. Like, I'm not a psychologist. There's a lot like, you have to understand that psychology at this point in history uh, had a lot of problems. Like this was a point in time where we still thought like, oh yeah, give them the bottom, that'll fix them right up. Like that was, that was still going on in this period. Like people with mental illnesses and conditions at this point in history were literally being locked up in sanitariums that were essentially gulags for people who were not productive in society. Um, so, like, I don't have a lot of faith in the psychology from this, from this uh, point in history. doesn't mean it's all wrong. But I want you to know, it's, it's a very real possibility we're going to be exposed to some shit that we now look back on and go, ooh, yeah, uh, the psychological community doesn't endorse or believe in that anymore. It's been proven to not be science. Uh, like, at this point in time, some children with autism would be diagnosed with childhood schizophrenia, which we now know is not a thing. Uh, also, it's interesting that he started with those three emotions, and like love and sad were not part of that thing. Interesting, right? And so many things and people cause us to respond emotionally. And in general, that's good. For there are many factors involved in a personality. And a balance of emotions is important to a well-rounded personality.
Okay, so he's got bricks for the emotions, and he just pulled out a giant, like, flat circle that says personality on it. But now emotions out of control. Oh, I see. It's a, it's a visual metaphor. Okay. Well, let's take a look at a slice of everyday life to understand how some stimuli can bring about various emotional responses. What might happen to you, or to me, or to Jeffrey Moore? Jeff is an ordinary and healthy... The camera is now switched over to um, some ordinary-looking kid, well, for that time period. Uh, side note, already this video is less weird than the previous video, because now we know who the disembodied voice is. We've met a psychologist, and he's going over these things. It's not like in the last video, where I'm pretty sure that Billy was losing his fucking mind. Healthy and well-balanced young fellow, he usually gets along well with people. And on this particular Friday afternoon, Jeff and his pals are discussing a big triple date tonight. My dad's gonna let me have that car tonight. Oh, the car! Triple date? God damn. Somebody's getting Eiffel towered. No, wait, hold on. Triple, triple date? Would that mean there's six people? Damn, that's a, that could be a full-on orgy. The 50s were crazier than I thought. That's <laughs> super. That sounds swell, Jeff, but, well, I don't know if I'll be able to go. I got quite a headache. Hey, hey, huh? Yeah. Yep. Trouble with performance. We've all been there, man. We've all been there. But he knows the move. This is how you... This is how you know he has a girlfriend, because he knows the move. You got a headache. That's why you can't go to the to the submarine races, Richie. Well, how about letting Jeff, the old soda jerk, fix you up a snappy salsa? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, all he did... They're sitting in like a restaurant, like a, a diner or something, and literally this kid just grabbed a bottle of Coke and poured it, and then like, they're drinking out of the bottles, and then he like just pours it into a glass they have on the table. Oh no. Okay, he is literally now mixing the Coke between two glasses, uh, it, back and forth. Like, what? Also, I assume it's a Coke, because there is literally a Coca-Cola lady, like, cardboard cutout, behind the booth behind them. Hey, why? Okay, he just spilled Coke all over everything. And everyone else got up from the table. <laughs> Some jerk. <laughs> okay, Bob, I saw the whole... Okay, now the other kids are making fun of him. Now the actual soda jerk has come over to their table, and he's got, like, I don't know, apparently restaurant owners back then were super not cool with you spilling your Cokes everywhere. Why stunt? Now, uh, just suppose you clean it up. <laughs> Go on, wise guy, clean it up. Yeah. Okay, they're, they're starting to push this kid's buttons. Uh, it's right <laughs> on the floor there. <laughs> Look at the washroom. <laughs> Wise guys, huh? Well, suppose I don't pick you up tonight. I got a darn good notion to let you guys walk to the park. What's got into him? Okay, so the kids in this video should have watched the previous video about social, uh, uh, what was it? Social, uh, 
shit, I totally forgot what that one was called. But the uh, the point is, is that uh, they should have uh, <laughs> they shouldn't have been dicks. Gee, I don't know. Why is really obvious why why he got mad at them? Like they were being dicks. Is Jeff angry? What's the stimulus that brings on this sudden emotional response of anger? People being dicks. Anger or mild rage. <laughs> it was very mild. Well, it... He didn't even yell. He was just like, you know, I might not pick you guys up. Huh. And then he then Might out. be that Jeff feels thwarted as he fails in the fancy trick to impress his pals. So... That is an inter... Like, may... What? 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 Maybe he feels thwarted that he couldn't successfully pour coke back and forth between two glasses? What? What? No, maybe he was embarrassed and then people made fun of him. What? What? Shut the fuck up. He gets mad at his pals. Who were being dicks. That was the stimulus. That was, that was the stimulus. And now it's later than he thought. He tries a shortcut, hurrying to get home. Okay, so he just ran and tried to jump over a bush. He jumped like a total chud, landed on his butt. Great Scott, who in the world left that there what a time to water the lawn? Shortcuts often lead to trouble, and thus loss of emotion. Okay, so now this one's on him. This one's on him. He jumped over a bush that happened to have a sprinkler on the other side. For some reason he didn't notice the sprinkler before he jumped. When he landed, he slipped in the wet grass... And his, his response to this was to grab the, uh, the hose with the sprinkler on it and just whip it around. Probably not his, by the way. So, like, this time, totally on him. He is an enraged dick face now. Emotional control. You've heard, haste makes waste. Jeff is frustrated by the sprinkler, but he asked for it. Okay, that's... Yeah, no, he made, he, he made a bad move. And his, his level of rage was, like, not acceptable. And, and the way he treated someone else's property was not cool. But, like, did he ask for it because he was rushing? I mean, like, rushing can be a problem. But, but still, like, I seems overtly judgmental of, like, the wrong part of what just happened. Of course, Jeff's going to get the car ready for the party tonight. He wouldn't really miss a chance to impress the gang. in the car it's in the garage but hmm starter won't work wait he's got a button starter wait again button starters aren't new they had button starters in the 50s what the fuck is happening his behavior is thwarted and a habit is being developed a habit of allowing such things to annoy him Jeff's losing control of himself. His thinking is becoming muddled, and he's careless in his actions. He just bonked his head on the end of, on the inside of the um, the hood of the car as he opened it up to take a look. And I, okay, I see where the narrator's going with this. I, I still think uh, he was a little hard on the kid in the beginning, 
But I can see how he's starting to spiral now as he continues to have physical accidents. The matter he gets, the worse it becomes. Did you ever hear anyone say, I was so mad I couldn't see straight? Severe emotional stress often decreases efficiency. See what I mean? And of course... It he did something undefined under the hood where he hurt his finger. He, I'm like, he took a wrench in there and like... But then he takes his hands out a few minutes like he hurt himself. I have no idea what he did. It's the fault of the wrench. This is called... I'm gonna... No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the psychologist explain it. Projection. He's projecting the blame to the wrench. Well, we've seen Jeff lose... I mean, who hasn't done that? Who doesn't yell at Google in their car? Not a good way to be, though. Not a good way to be. To be fair, I'm angry at Google Maps uh, because uh, Google Maps fucks up. I could be in a car accident, and I don't appreciate that. And I know that they, Google Maps can hear me. I know you can hear me, Google Maps. ...control of himself in rage. Let's see how the rest of the family is doing. Mother! Mother! Oh, it's wonderful! I love the new dress you made! Oh, thank you, Joan, dear. See how the new... Mother and daughter in the kitchen. You heard what they said. New dress tends to stimulate Joan's love for mother. This makes... You can buy your children with materialism. Makes both mother and Joan happier. But how does it affect Jeff? And how does his anger affect the others? Yeah, Jeff. Why would this bother you? Oh, you're the sweetest, bestest mother a girl ever had. I'm glad you like the dress, Joan. He's watching them hug, and he is just, like, dripping with anger. Like, this is, how, this is where misogyny is born. From hurting your hand while fixing a car, and then seeing women be happy. That, that's where it comes from. Men who aren't happy, seeing women be happy. Oh, I'm so happy. I could be a model. Hold on. We've never established happy was an emotion in this, in this so far. So just, just saying. Or a cover girl. She's setting her up to be to do the wait a cover girl. Is that is that like a no? That's just like a regular model, right? Who does like who big enough to get on the cover of the magazine? I'm thinking of pinups, different things. Although technically pinups would have a, a girl on the cover. Hey, what's gotten into that crazy kid sister? Oh, Jeff, don't be that way. Yep, yep, you can hear it right there. I'm tired of women being happy while I'm not. Notice how Mother seems to become angry herself because of Jeff's anger. Yep, this is true. Anger, very contagious emotional state. You can spread that shit around. Perhaps she shouldn't, but anger is a violent emotion, and we often see an induction of behavior or spread of emotion to other persons. They are silently fighting or arguing and looking cranky while the narrator talks. Most like a contagious disease. Hey, hey that's, that's kind of what I said. Hi, Raj. Hello, Jeff. 
okay, we just, we just, we just, we just got introduced to this new kid. They haven't given us any background. I assume younger sibling, but but like, the way he talks to Jeff, like the look on his face is just this like bizarre grin, like it's it's out there, like whew. Say, what have you got? Well, that's my letter. Give me that. Let me. Okay. Oh, I see why the kid was grinning like that. He's up to no good. He's gonna mess with his, I assume, older brother. I got you your dirty little sneak. You gonna give me that letter? Are you gonna give it to me? No. Okay. I'll show you. Up. Okay, he's about to hit the. Okay, he's about to whack his little brother with a wooden, with a wooden hanger. We assume it's the 1950s. He probably learned this behavior from his parents. You dirty, stinking brother, you gonna give me my letter? Stop it! Will you give me that letter? I'll teach you not to open my mail. I didn't know that bit! Stop it! Drop that coat hanger. Wooden coat hanger, I might add. You could really whack a person with that shit. Sometimes rage, fear, and love are aroused together. At the same time. Are we about to talk about hate sex? Mother's love of her children and her fear for Roger's safety were mixed with anger, almost rage, at both boys for the part they played in the flare-up. Of course, Jeffrey's family didn't realize that he had been exposed to one irritating situation after another. An accumulation of stimuli which brought about an abnormal. See, that's that's what's wrong with that's what's wrong with white straight dudes. We just we, our life isn't, our life is hard, but only in like a incrementally way, like just like little tiny things just build up over a long period of time. And because we don't have any serious problems, it vaguely it just makes us feel like no one cares. Next thing you know, you're chasing your brother through the house with a wooden hanger. Normally strong response. And what did this do to Jeff? This sort of uncontrolled emotional outburst. Well, as someone who has had uncontrolled emotional outbursts, shit can fuck up your life a little bit and really damage some social, <clears throat> social, uh, <clears throat> social situations. He regrets some of the things he said, but he can't unsay them. Damn, that hits you home. He's tired. That feeling of fatigue may spoil a good time on his date tonight. And if this sort of flare-up is repeated often, it might lead to a permanently warped personality. I don't know if that's really what leads to people being angry assholes all the time. But like... Apparently, that's what they thought back then. However, it is true that the way you respond to anger will determine, uh, will train your brain to respond that way to anger more in the future. So if you like screaming to a pillow, your brain is going to want to scream to pillows more as you get angry. This is an example. That's not too bad of one, but, you know, that's why you don't hit people when you're angry. What could Jeff do to keep better control? 
Well, we say he could, one, eliminate the stimulus, two, kill his family. No, I'm, I'm kidding, that's clearly not what he's saying. Modify the stimulus. Get high, that's also not what he's saying. Or three, modify the response. With these three ideas in mind, let's examine Jeff's episode again. To control. psychiatrist also has God powers. Now we begin to see the true nature of the world. Control his emotions, Jeff eliminates the stimulus, the failure to impress his pals, by trying such fancy tricks only when he can do them successfully. But sometimes the trick fails. There are many times when you okay, can't just... eliminate the stimulus. Okay, they're just replaying the, the scene with the with the coke accident. Try to modify the stimulus. Standing off and looking at himself, Jeff realizes that a slip like that won't really hurt his standing with the gang. Taking it all lightly as a good sport, Jeff impressed. He totally takes his friend's lack of empathy and abuse like a man by laughing it off the gang a lot more than if he gets angry over such a little thing. This is true. People like it when they can say whatever they want to you and you don't get angry. It gives them this sense of like, uh, like they're safe being their real asshole douchebag selves to you. It helps to recognize and understand the emotional patterns. Then it Side note. It's black and white, so I did not notice the sprinkler before. Uh, but in the rewatching, as he replays this, him about to jump over the bush again, I can now more clearly make out that, yeah, there's, there's definitely a sprinkler. Like, you can see it. It's just black and white made it difficult. But you know what? Jeff does not have that excuse. This is only black and white for me. It's easier to eliminate or modify the stimulus. And there's another, even more valuable way to control your emotions. Modify the response. Rather than get in the habit of getting angry, Jeff can substitute. He can modify his response by seeing the humor in the situation. What good... So, like, this is a good... This is... This is, generally speaking, good advice for... Not getting angry about stuff. Uh, although I will say, like, we do get anger responses for a reason. There are some things we should get angry about. What does it do to get angry about this? When Jeff's in the habit of controlling his emotions, his thinking is straighter. Push the button. No starter. Let's see. He's once again in the car, which has a lot of cigarette lighters in it. Uh, and no, I don't mean lighter lighters, kids. Ask your parents about their cars from the 1980s and before. Pull the light switch. Okay, my bad. The light switch looks exactly like a cigarette lighter from an old car. But I'm sure one of those knobs is, is a cigarette lighter. Hmm. No light. That means something. His battery's dead. Reason it out. 
No horn either. So, must be a dead battery. That's straight thinking, unmuddled by emotional disturbances. As he's describing this, you see the kid doing it, testing the horn. He even does this thing where he touches his chin and talks to himself. You can't hear it, but like he's thinking, you know. And it's a simple thing to call the garage or someone for a push and a recharge. No need to fly off the handle and take it out on the things and the people around. Don't break your material goods. When he tries to understand his emotions and those of people around him, Jeff has less trouble controlling himself, and he and those around him are happier. Instead of fixating on the happy women, he just smiles and walks away. Good job, Jeff. In this reality of the multiverse, you did not become a gross misogynist. The more he exercises control of his emotional behavior, the easier it becomes to meet... All right, so his brother's got the letter. Let's see how he responds differently. The next situation without losing control. Oh, how about it? Either the plane or the letter. All right, he takes the kid's plane hostage and offers to make an exchange. Uh, so you know this kid will grow up to work for the CIA. And so it goes. A happier time all around. When emo it works. Are under control. Hey, Rod, how about you help me get the car pushed out of the garage so we can get it started and fixed up for tonight? You know, um, if the car's running, I can drop you off the movies tonight before I go out. Yeah. This kid is somewhere between 8 and 10. Back then, you'd let a kid that age go to the movies on their own. That's why so many of your parents and grandparents have been molested. Yes by a better understanding of the emotional patterns of everyday life and by knowing how you respond to various stimuli you can develop better control by eliminating the stimulus or by modifying the stimulus or by modifying the response you can control we just saw them pushing the car down the driveway and now it's cut to uh... what appears to be a bunch of teenagers Roasting marshmallows by a fire. All the fire of your emotions. You can balance your emotions and use them so that your personality becomes more pleasant. And you and those around you are a great deal happier and healthier. It is okay to be so stressed and overwhelmed. Shut up. Shut up, I don't want it. Get out of here, YouTube. By the way, you can watch videos like these on old on old TV time. Alright, so uh yeah, I that was fun. I hope you had fun. Uh, I'm probably gonna make more videos in this uh, in this manner. Uh I'm I was gonna do another one. Uh but you know what? I actually got more out of two videos than I thought I would so I will save uh, I will say oh man a lot of the videos are about manners oh man is this 
Oh man, is the fact that we don't have these types of people making these types of videos in mass anymore? Why no one has manners anymore? Like at a certain point, everyone was like, "Yeah, you should just know your manners." Well, like the th the reason the previous gen generation was kind of polite was because literally they were indoctrinated into it. Is that what it is? Our manners, just the government controlling us. What is happening? This is so much. Oh my God! There's just so many videos in here about. Okay, I'm sorry. I got distracted in the in the in in like the side panel of this YouTube thing. There's a video from Jordan Peterson called "Back Off, O Masters of the Universe." Uh, w wow. Uh, no, I'm not gonna watch that right now. We're gonna save that for later. I'm gonna mock the shit out of it. Oh, I hope it's not boring. I hope he said something crazy in it. All right, so yeah, but uh, I'm 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 definitely gonna be watching more of these. Maybe I should do this on Twitch, so you guys, so I don't have to describe every goddamn thing I'm seeing. I would still put I would still put it on. Still, I would still put it up on Spotify. I mean Anchor. All right, well. Uh, so before I go, though, I'm just going to make, uh, make a statement. As of the recording of this uh, podcast, uh, the Queen of England has died. Uh, God save her. Uh, God save her um, uh, monarchist ass from the fires of hell. Um... You may say that a comment like that is in poor taste, but I would say that uh, propping up a uh, imperialist monarchy in a country that claims to be some type of uh, social democracy is, um, I think that's pretty fucking inappropriate, you know? Um, yeah. UD, uh, England. Uh, get your shit together. You've still got the last remnants of your old self in place. They're called the royal family. And it's amazing you're not embarrassed by them. Sorry, not sorry. I'm sure they're perfectly lovely people. That's not why I'm morally opposed to their existence. I'm not wishing them dead. I don't think that should happen. I just think that their wealth should be seized and they should be forced to live as normal citizens in uh in in England. There's actually a book like there's a book about this. Don't remember what it's called. Funny book though. Uh don't remember what it's called. But uh yeah. Uh it's still sad that a person died. I get that. I mean they lived to be 96. Um not saying they couldn't have lived longer. I'm just saying like, you know, they lived well beyond the average lifespan of um, any of their citizens in the country with their apparent job to make better. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, didn't, uh, you know, they freed. Now, in fairness, Queen Elizabeth was one of the persons who started decolonizing uh, and breaking apart the British Empire. 
Didn't let Ireland go. But, uh, in fact, forcefully kept Ireland. You know, uh, militarized. I'm, I'm getting off. I'm getting off on a tangent. The point is, uh, it's sad she died because she was a person. But I refuse to be sad that she was the queen. There I said it. Uh, I hope I didn't offend you. Because, you know what, even if you were offended by that, you're still a good person. Or a nice person. Or something like that. And, uh, yeah. God, God save the queen. And all the people who rule us from above. Even though, you know, I'm, I'm getting carried away. I'm getting carried away. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to be nice, and it's just not working. <laughs> like I, like I keep trying to, I'm trying to walk it back, but my true feelings on the matter just keep overpowering the situation. Uh, but yeah, so that's the thing that happened. I thought about making a, a whole episode about it, but uh, then realized I, I both didn't, I, I did not feel strongly enough about it either way to really go after her. Someone else on YouTube, no doubt, will make a better video about what was wrong, what's wrong with the royal family. Anyways, thank you for listening. Uh, you can, you can uh, reach out to me uh, by emailing me at uh, rubenuncut at gmail.com or you can go to my Anchor FM page, Ruben Uncut, and leave me a voicemail. All right. Thank you very much. You have a, a great day. And then one day, I was just a kid minding my own business. And the next thing I knew, it was a disembodied voice skipping me through my life. And I, it was like I missed it all. All right, Mr. Anderson, let's go back to your room. No, damn it, my children said they were coming. You don't even remember your children. That's because I skipped through time.